0: is the duty of leaders to lead, of the creative to create, of the daring to do. The free world expects leadership of us. Its fate and our fate depends upon our leadership. We are industrious, inventive, restless, with the fires that burn within us. But I say that nothing is easy.
1: And I say, be solved if we have the will, the courage, the future is to those who take it. It's a real honor to, to be on stage here with three of my favorite people in the world. We've got two Jedi Masters here, um, and I guess that makes this Luke Skywalker here, I, I, I don't know. Um, but uh, just quick introductions here, uh, and then we'll, we'll get started on, I, I think, a really interesting discussion about how Industries as complicated as as health and healthcare um, get transformed. Jerry Levin, chairman of Startup Health, uh, extraordinary person who's been involved with disrupting many different industries, um, and maybe we'll dig into that. He's also the the founder and CEO of the Levin Parkinson's Transformational Health Institute. Uh, and Esther Dyson, um, one of the most active angel investors in the space, board member of 23andMe, uh, Meetup, WTPP, and many other companies, and really one of the first investors and advisors to StartUp Health. So thank you so much um, for everything that you've done for us, both of you. And in fact, Esther introduced us to Jerry uh, a few years ago. So Steve, I'd like to turn it over to you for a com- uh, conversation about how industries uh, like healthcare become transformed? Excellent. Thank you, Nidhi. I
2: want to welcome everyone here to the the um, really the beginning of our afternoon session. That's going to include some incredible conversations. And we spent a lot of time thinking about the two people that we wanted to kick off what we believe is the most important conversation we as a industry need to be having, specifically the transformation of healthcare. Um, And what I thought would be helpful to do is set a little bit of a framework. While Unity mentioned that Esther introduced us to Jerry, uh, I wanna give a little bit more um, color on that story because Esther uh, first invested in um, really the predecessor to StartUp Health many years ago, and um, when you find great advisors and investors, sometimes they ask you really tough questions that change the course of everything. Esther asked us a simple question, which is, tell me what I can do to help you. And when Esther Dyson asks you something like that, you think really hard. Uh, Unity and I had just finished a book that we had read called Blueprint to a Billion. And it talked about the building of billion-dollar businesses. And one of the characteristics of building a billion dollar business is that every single billion dollar business that's been built, revenue wise, not value wise, uh, there was a board member who himself or herself had built, built billion dollar businesses. And so we said to Esther, because we know she travels in that world of people who've built billion dollar companies, if you ever find someone who's built billion dollar businesses, who's passionate about healthcare and entrepreneurship we want to meet them. When I tell you three years almost to the day we asked, she asked that question, we got a phone call, and Esther told us that she was introducing us to Jerry Levin, who not only fit the mold of someone who's built multi-billion dollar businesses, but someone whose life had become dedicated to the transformation of healthcare. And not only that, was passionate about entrepreneurship, a perfect perfect home run connection that without a doubt resulted in the formation of startup health today so esther um i i, I want to start with you first because um you obviously saw before anybody else did that connecting startup health with jerry levin would be transformational can you tell us the moment you realized
3: that that would be a, a ideal match it wasn't quite that you know blindingly clear, but Jerry showed up after many years and said he was coming to New York and was interested in health. I knew him from his past when he was a guy in a suit (laughs) and very, very busy. And then he showed up totally transformed, uh, married to a wonderful woman who I think transformed his life, made him sleep eight hours a night instead of four And I thought, this is the perfect guy.
0: That says it all.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The reason why it's so critical, you know,
2: one of the things that uh, I told you about uh, Esther's question about uh, what can I do to help. Jerry, on the very first lunch that Unity, myself, Esther, uh, and Esther and Jerry had, was a question Jerry asked, which was if you could wave a magic wand and look out a decade from now what needs to happen to transform this industry? And that would change the course of, of everything. Jerry, that, that question, among some of your other questions, I think, are the reason why many entrepreneurs today are working on such important things. Can you share a little bit about why you ask those questions and perhaps why you even feel so passionate to be spending your time now focusing on the transformation of healthcare?
0: Well, you know, I I come from a background in the media industry, and witnessed, helped, was the subject of massive change. And uh, it seemed to me that I was always in the storytelling business and thought through media we could have a substantial impact on people's lives around the world. Increasingly for a lot of reasons one of which Esther has cited. It's the stories about people's lives that most interest me. And I think it's, it sounds trite, but it's actually the foundation or the infrastructure for everything. Uh, Let me just take two quick seconds. In the, the disruption in the media business was pretty much about giving the consumer what we used to call the three C's, choice, convenience, and control. You know, as networks or publishers or whatever we did, we gave it to you. You got it on our terms. And, and all of a sudden, with a little thing called HBO, which is another long story, uh, the, the idea that I can take control of what I want because I'm totally unique. I know what I want. And here we are living today in not just cord cutting and binge watching. But you have the power with your instruments to see anything you want, at any time, any size, any way. We used to talk about Henry James had a book called The Spoils of Pointing, where your personality was defined by your furniture and your house. Well, now you're defined by the influx of data video that you have and it's all in your control eventually we won't have networks okay so now let's switch to healthcare. the same thing is happening it's not just the euphemism that people are taking control of their their health but what could be more fundamental than the lifestyle that you lead and the way you conduct yourself in the pursuit of happiness it's all about your personal story and we have a structure in the healthcare industry, and used to have, and it's changing. We used to define the media business, there was production, people made things, there was distribution, you had to get it out, and then there was exhibition, you know, like a movie theater or a television network. All that's changed now, it's just been completely disrupted, and there's a clear channel directly to the consumer. The same thing is, needs to be happening in healthcare, Because even the definition of what is health care is not about simply the kind of research that takes place and evidence-based this or that or what the NIH says or what Obamacare is. It all seems confusing. It's very simple. It's all about how I live my life and how can I improve it. What could be more important than that? And so to apply digital technology and entrepreneurship and eventually change the structure of the so-called healthcare industry is what I'm about, you're all about. And it's happening, it's happening in a big way. The definition of what is healthcare could be everything from what I eat, nutrition is medicine, medicine nutrition, to just walking or whatever I do, or what I think, or how stressful I am. We're all exquisitely unique, and that's what healthcare has to address.
2: Taking a play off of that, Jerry, uh, I'd like to ask Esther, who now spends a majority of her time working inside of the health industry, not healthcare industry, the health industry. And as Jerry described that, and some of the parallels with the media industry, and maybe even other industries, why today, do you think there is so much interest and focus and money and uh, I would say laser sharp direction towards really now everybody getting behind the transformation of healthcare and as the, really the most active angel investor in healthcare, why now and why you? Yeah.
3: So uh, there's a couple of things going on. The, the reason people are paying so much attention is what I call global sickening. It's probably worse than global warming because even if we have a great environment, if human bodies are not sustainable on us, we're, we're screwed. It's something that Angus Deaton sort of noticed in his post-Nobel Prize paper. I'm going to start with my little anecdote. Uh, some time ago I wrote about this little website called RealAge. It still exists, Hearst bought it and then they sold it to Care something you go on there, you fill in a questionnaire, not about your A1C and, and actual medical things, but do you have a dog? How often do you argue with your spouse? Do you have a spouse? How much do you drink? And it gives you your real age. Its business purpose is to sell supplements. And to write this story, I interviewed the founder, whose name was Charlie Silver. He had sold his previous company to, not to Hearst. Okay, he sold it to Jiffy Loop. He was in the car maintenance business, and then he was in the body maintenance business. And it was partly through writing that story I realized, you know, the ROI on maintenance or prevention or health is much higher than the maintenance on care, which is after the fact when the damage is already at least being partly done. And I began to get more and more interested in health, so the things that have happened in my world, and and partly in the healthcare world, that are most interesting are, first of all, there's more data. So you can see what did happen versus what was predicted to happen. You can't really understand the value of prevention until you understand clearly what would have happened if you hadn't intervened. And so big data, prediction, all this kind of stuff. The other, is Obamacare not because of who pays for what, you know, whether it's the government or, uh, long run, it's going to be all of us. They pay for outcomes, and this, you know, this hasn't gotten through the heads of most people in the industry. It's gotten sort of to what they talk about, but not to their behavior. But ultimately, this notion of paying for outcomes or paying for the difference between the invisible outcome and the bad things that would have happened that is really going to transform this industry. And I hope it's going to happen faster than 17 years, which is the traditional. So does this
2: look like, when you get into the belly of what's happening, because a lot of people talk about what looks like features being built or incomplete solutions or people trying to circle around the problem. And there's lots of critics talking about the number of startups that are out there working on different things. Yet when you go up macro and look at what a transformation of an industry looks like and you dive deep into the belly of it while it's happening, what does it look like? And is this, is what, is this what it's
0: supposed to look like? Oh, I think it's happening uh, because we can't, I'll just say it, can't expect Big Pharma, the, insti- the, the institutional structure of the so-called healthcare industry to deliver any kind of innovation that takes into account exactly what Esther is describing and where people are really going in their own lives anyhow. So what's, what's necessary? It isn't going to come from big companies. It's going to come from entrepreneurial drive, let a 1,000 flowers bloom, and really drive at it so that in a few years, just as if we go back 10, 12 years, you know, we didn't know about Google or Facebook, same thing is, is going to happen here. And it's, that's why it's not just disrupting the structure of an industry. It's changing the vocabulary entirely about what it's all about. And even, you know, as Esther said, health care. It's really about health and the pursuit of happiness. It's the broadest definition possible of an enterprise. And to have that coming from the innovation that can only be a part of a community. The other thing is, is this isn't about starting companies and, I'll have to say it, making a quick exit and moving on to the next thing. You really want to change the world, you change people's lives, inside and outside, spiritually and physically, and their whole momentum. That's the broadest definition possible of society's health, the world's health. And it can only come through the spirit of uh, entrepreneurial innovation. Just a quick thing, I shouldn't really go to this. We used to have a publishing company, and uh, the only way you could really grow was to create new magazines. So we created a little organization called Magazine Development, come up with new ideas, and we made it a organizational structure with an organizational mandate as part of a big organization. All the ideas, like People Magazine, I can name many, many more, came from some person who was over here and was not part of the structure who actually had the idea and the drive. That, that's what's necessary uh, to change people's lives.
2: Excellent, Esther, you wrote about this firsthand in the 80s and the 90s the PC industry, and then the internet industry? Healthcare?
3: So it's the same and it's different. The same in terms of the startups versus the incumbents. The same in terms of the need to take risk, to fail, to learn, to merge. Uh, There's huge redundancy in many of you here, to be candid. And some of you will survive, some of you will merge, some of you will go start another one. That's that's what makes it happen. But the the real challenge here is human nature. And so you're all health people, right? How many of you ate the Rice Krispie treat? Okay, be honest.
0: <laughs>
3: and so in the in the end, it's it's a real challenge because so much of the challenge is really outside of health care, and it's it's negative, and that's that's hard so to some extent the challenge is also to reach beyond this industry and out to the food companies and help them figure out how to make healthy food appealing Uh, I'm not sure we've cracked that part yet but the on the care part that's also exciting I mean curing cancer managing disease and all the all the gamification stuff, you know, the behavior change—that's starting to take hold. And again, big data science—we're getting much better at it. But it's a fundamentally more challenging set of problems than the PC industry.
2: So, um, as a as a final kind of wrap-up question, I want to go back to what I started with, which was the question Jerry asked about how do you transform this industry? Um, And the answer that we gave was, and this was before Startup Health was, was even created, it was, if you could assemble and organize an army of entrepreneurs all around the world to work together, and you could layer on top of that all the stakeholders who want to help them, the investors, the customers, the partners, and you could create a coaching program that would help at every phase of the development of these companies, these entrepreneurs succeed. And I believe it was something along the lines of Jerry Jerry saying, well, everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. And it's been something that I have never forgotten. And I'd like to ask you both to end with a solid question for the entrepreneurs out there that they should ask themselves to have the kind of inspiration and kind of fortitude that's needed. We call it the healthcare transformer mindset at StartUp Health. But I think that um, for two of the best, uh, is it question askers that I've ever met, um, who I believe ask questions that transform industries, what questions do you want to leave us with today for each of us to answer?
0: They're they're called queries, questions, questions. (laughs) What does it feel like to be in a community? And the reason I, I raise that question, I grew up in a male dominated business world where rip roaring competition and the ability to prevail were the, the highest honored characteristics. But here, you know, I just would, and I, I'd like a chance to ask one more question. But community. A community of Transformers not only has a beautiful ring to it, but do you feel the benefits of that? Do you feel the engagement that comes from that? Do you feel you're part of a team even though you have your own company? So I would ask that question. The other I would ask is the one that Esther referred to. How much sleep are you getting? Are you a vegan? Uh, Are you paying attention to your family? And are you spiritually sound? Excellent. Love that. Esther?
3: And so this this question is not just for business people, but right now I think it's important. It's also for politicians. There are a lot of people who want to be something. They want to be the next Mark Zuckerberg. They want to be CEO. They want to be president and their goal is to be that thing. But what you should actually be asking is, what is it that I want to achieve? And is this company, or perhaps is this political role, or is this foundation, or is this the mechanism by which I and ideally my team will achieve that goal? And that will keep you going through pivots, through management changes, through a lot of things, and it'll give you the fortitude to persevere.
2: I was told I actually have uh, room for one more question, and it's going to be actually for you each to ask each other a question.
0: Uh, Esther, do you miss the good old days?
3: <laughs> uh, n- not at all. I remember them with fondness. And uh, so right now I'm spending 100% of my time on The Way to Wellville, my five community project. And then I'm spending 50% of my time basically on the good old days, space travel and health care investments and other stuff. So I have a full life. And my question for you is, tell the people more about sleep. I think that's, you know, I could ask you great Uh, general questions. But sleep.
0: I lived a life where uh, four hours max for 30 or 40 years, which is part of the, the dynamism of I'm going to get to the office first, I'm going to read everything there is to read before you do, when we're on a plane going to negotiate something while you're sleeping, I'm working. That was a mindset. Uh, did I accomplish a few things? Yeah, maybe. Did I disrupt my own body? For sure. And so, at this age, when you're a little older, you're supposed you know, normally it's harder to sleep. Um, I get eight hours of sleep every night. It's clear to me, although it's not totally evidence based, that sleep is rest- not only restorative, but if you have any uh, neurological issues, that's the way to cleanse. And so, I know you spend 25 hours a day doing what you're doing, but sleep couldn't be more important other than nutrition and a good family life.
2: So I want to hopefully ask everyone here to join me in not just thanking Esther and Jerry for spending the last uh, 25 minutes with us, but without a doubt, Startup Health would not be here today without the support and encouragement and daily dedication of both Esther and Jerry. So thank you.